tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job and your relationship, start a hobby, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist it so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. I am here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Welcome, I'm Olga Nadal and you are listening to your next great chapter, the podcast to master life transitions with ease and courage. And today's show is sponsored by Divorce for Love. For those of you new to the show, I am the founder of Divorce for Love, where I educate, inspire and coach those going through possibly one of the most challenging transitions you may face in your life. If you are thinking about divorce or have started the process and are feeling lost, go and watch the masterclass I made for you on the five secrets you must know about divorce. These five secrets can save you a ton of money and sleepless nights. The link is in the notes, so head over there right after today's show. Hello, everybody. This week, I have my beautiful friend, April, from April's Beautiful Mess. I met her through a common friend, and I was just talking to her before we started the interview. And I was saying, I wanted to bring you on because in your story, there doesn't seem to be some dramatic moment where things fell apart and then you were forced to move into your next great chapter. So I wanted to touch that angle. And then she went, uh, hold on a second. There was a big shift. And then she started telling me about the shift and I was like, okay, we need to start recording right now. So (laughs) April is going to share her story. I think it's absolutely fabulous and I hope it's going to inspire you. So April, thank you so much for being here. Yes, I'm so excited to be here, Olga. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) And let us know, what was that big shift that you haven't really talked about, but you are going to let our people know today? Yeah. So I feel like I've always been someone who's been into like personal development, self-love type of stuff. Even as a teenager, I loved reading those kinds of books, right? But it really wasn't until I had to implement a lot of what I had read about for myself that really jolted my life. And it wasn't until my husband and I actually almost got a divorce several years ago. I had probably never felt so low in my life. This is something I've never shared, Olga, so feel special because you're the first person I'm sharing this with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so first of all, my husband and I have been together for 14 years now. We got married after seven years. And I tell you, within those first two years of marriage, everything went crumbling down. We both went different ways as far as our expectations of each other to the point where we both ended up cheating on each other. And my mind was just so, both of us, I mean, both of us were in such dark places during that time. And before this happened, I remember both of us had even had this talk when we were still dating, like, if you ever cheat on me, it's done. It's a done deal, right? But during that time, as much as we were hurting, we would talk about it. There was still some sort of gravitational pull that we had to each other. And there was still an image in both of our minds that we still wanted to grow old with each other. We didn't know how we would ever get there, but the fact that we both had that image, it made us decide that, okay, we're gonna give this a try and we're gonna do what we can to heal from this. Olga, I didn't know how that was gonna happen, right? There's no how to when it comes to coming back from something so painful. 
oh man, just talking about this is like, ah, but it really caused both of us to do a lot of reflection on ourselves, on our relationship until eventually we started to realize that there's a lot of stuff about each other that we were just sweeping under the rug and just avoiding and just letting it fester. Didn't face it head on, or we would just fight about it, but not really fix it. So then things just built up and we didn't realize that those things that were building up were actually pushing us away from each other. Right. And we didn't realize that until we did like the ultimate sin in a relationship, right? Which was hurt each other by cheating and finding whatever was missing in someone else. But then we went to therapy, we read the books, and those definitely helped us in some ways. But Olga, you know what actually helped me the most? It was just me working on myself. Yes. That's where we're supposed to start. You're right. Yes. I realize that, wow, I'm not loving myself or valuing myself enough. So how can I expect my husband or anyone else in my life to love and value me the way that I feel like I should be? Right? So when I made the choice, my conscious choice to just work on myself, to stop expecting him to change for me, there's no power in that, right? No one can make someone change. So I was like, the only person I have the power to control is me. So I started to do my own inner work, my own inner healing. And I realized that for years, I would be judging him based on certain parts of his personality or some of his habits. But as I did inner work for me, I realized a lot of those judgments and beliefs that I had that were negative weren't actually mine. They were part of my upbringing or they were part of society expectations, cultural expectations, when in reality for me, it actually didn't really bother me that much. Or it's like, it's something that really wasn't a big deal, or it's actually something that I actually appreciated. It was those times when I would just end up feeling pressured by family or something to have this expectation from him. He had to be the certain way for me in order for them to be happy for me. But I was already happy. But I was allowing those judgments from other people, the the outside noise to cloud my own judgment and therefore judge him. And so, of course, he felt pushed away. Of course, he felt like he wasn't ever going to be enough. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, I loved it. I loved him. I loved these traits about him. It brought different sides of me out that I never knew that I had. Sides of me that I once judged as well, when really now I feel more liberated. And we also started to get to know each other's love languages, which I'm glad that he was actually very open to learning. During this time too, you know, sometimes men are very different, right? In their approach of like self-help and really trying to seek out that help for themselves. But that's one thing I really got to give Raf credit to of just, he was down to do the work. It was hard for him. It was probably harder for him because that's definitely not something he was into growing up. That wasn't something that was taught or nurtured in him, the self-development type aspect. So it was very foreign for him as we were going through this journey, but I would just like slip him some books every once in a while. Like you can try this. I'm not going to force it on you. This is what I've been reading. When I found out that his love language was words of affirmation, that was also something that really opened my mind, Olga, because when I would say mean things, for me, it's just words of anger, right? Like I'm just angry. I'm just going to be mean, but it would affect him 10 times more because that is his language. So I made, again, it was my choice because again, I'm not going to expect him to change. I decided, okay, I'm going to work on speaking his love language for him. So even during days when I'd be mad, I told myself, I'm going to find one thing to say thank you 
to him for every day, regardless how big or small it was. And Olga, it was like magic. <laughs> like the more I started to do this, the more he started speaking my love language, which is acts of service. So all of a sudden there's this reciprocation happening and it wasn't forced. It wasn't something that I even needed to ask for, but it just slowly started to happen. And this healing process for us, it wasn't always easy. Obviously it wasn't linear. There was many ups and downs, many times when I would have a hard time with flashing back to the memories of pain. And he's actually a lot better than I am when it comes to that where, if, okay, if we're going to say we're moving forward, we're moving forward. We're not going to like talk about the past anymore. That's where I struggled a lot. I admittedly struggled with that a lot, bringing up like, well, you did this or, and he's like, well, how would you feel if I did that to you? And it's like, oh yeah, I don't want, <laughs> I'm trying to grow. And like, I don't want you to throw my shit at me. So we constantly had to keep each other in check when it came to this healing process of ours. And again, it wasn't easy, but Olga, I couldn't be more thankful for the fact that we both made that choice to work together and to honor each other's growth individually. But for me specifically, I felt like my whole world just turned around when I decided that I can only control me. That's as much power that I have in this relationship and making this marriage work if it is going to work. And at the end of the day, even if we were to decide to split up, at least I know where I stand with myself. I'm not going to expect to be loved a certain way anymore without knowing how to love myself first. Which is so fascinating that, first of all, I didn't know that this is what this conversation was going to take us. And <laughs> I am just vibing because for all of you that know, I'm a divorce coach. So this is my gig. Like people come to me and very often people will ask me, can you get over cheating? And I always say the exact same thing that you just said. It has to be if the two people want to work on it. Of course you can get over it, but the two of you have to put in the work and it is work. You've been calling it the same concept that I call it in the personal growth world. We call it inner work and it's, First of all, we're going to look at each other and what we're doing. That's what I often say before you go into marriage counseling, do your personal therapy, coaching, whatever it is. You need to get to learn to love yourself first. And for people out there who don't understand the concept of loving yourself, it's about getting to know yourself better. It's about what you were saying about the triggers. What triggers you and why is it a trigger? Like you said, is it like somebody else? Yeah. Is it because somebody else tells me it has to be a trigger? I find that with some major moments in relationships, sometimes we're not even upset about what happened. We're upset because all that tells us that we have to be upset about it. And it's very important for us to stop and say, wait a minute, what are my priorities? What upsets me? How can we move forward? I love that you guys found the five love languages. For those who don't know, that's a fantastic book on learning how to love the other person because that's another subject that we don't talk about. It's not just enough to love. You have to know how to love. And very often we think that the way that I like receiving love is the way that the other person does. No, you may be speaking Chinese and they may be speaking Spanish. Let's just try and find some common ground. So I live in love that you guys were able to say, okay, this is happening. This is our defining moment. Mm -hmm. Are we going to write a next chapter or are we going to close this book? Both right. options, I always say, are just as beautiful. But I love that once you guys made the decision, you both got to work together 
and then you work separately on each other and then you work together and the beauty you can see it i mean it's you now flourishing because this is the part that i've been following your journey recently you've been able to step in your power right like right now you are working as a coach yourself and now you're able to be like okay i'm confident on this i love myself yes absolutely I think that's a lot of what inspired me to go into self-love coaching. A lot of my clients, they're either not married yet or going to be married yet. And I always emphasize, okay, you need to know you before you enter into this relationship because you can lose yourself and then feel like your marriage is failing when really there could have just been something that you needed to work on for yourself and heal for yourself. Not that there's anything wrong with you right now, but be able to step into the best version of yourself so that you can not only give your all, but receive what you want, receive whatever you desire. Right. So yeah, that inner work, Olga, it was tough. And that's an ongoing process, right? I feel like we're always going through inner work, but it's even tougher when you are in the thick of it, when things are really, really bad. How were you able to find your way in it? Were you following your intuition? Were you finding help through your support group? How were you able to know, okay, these are the next steps? Yeah. So actually one of the first steps that I took, because I am a book person, right, was there's this book. Have you heard of Dr. John Gottman? Yes. Yes. His book, Seven Principles to Making a Marriage Work. Mm -hmm. I think it was like the second chapter. He talked about the myths of why people get a divorce. And one of the first myths was cheating. And that actually was a light bulb moment for me because it's like, yeah, people don't just wake up one day and are like, I'm going to cheat today. There is so much that leads up to that. And that was also like, actually, it was a big light bulb moment for Raph. He actually read it wrong the first time. He didn't realize he was reading about myths. And he was like, huh, see, cheating, like that leads to divorce. And I was like, I think you need to reread that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> but I think that having him even read that after I read it, that made us both really think about, okay, Obviously, this didn't just come out of thin air. We weren't happy. And then one day, one of us would just like, I'm going to do this to hurt them. And I think that's what a lot of people get mixed up. I'll have friends be like, well, well, he cheated on me. He's done. He's over. It's like, well, what happened between the two of you that you think might have got him there? It's not the blame game. It's not about pointing fingers, but it's about where were you? What do you feel like when you're looking as an outsider, looking into your relationship, where do you think the puzzle pieces weren't fitting in together and causing him to move away from you? It's not about who's wrong right here, but it's really like, okay, the work wasn't being done by both parties. And it's also not being so quick to jump to the conclusion, oh, there is cheating, therefore the love has disappeared. They, right. I often get asked this question, well, if they cheated on me, they obviously don't love me. And I often say, well, mm. Maybe they forgot how to communicate the love. Yeah. The lines of communication are broken, which to me is the number one reason for divorces. You can, agree. you can call it cheating, financial differences, irreconcilable. I can say that word. Reconciliation. <laughs> you guys just cannot communicate anymore. And I think that often, if you circle back to the beginning of your relationship, what you were saying about you teach your clients how to get to know themselves better before they get into a marriage. Yes. You don't think that we have that chance or we are told to do that. We're told to, if you find somebody that you get some mojo with, just jump in it. It's all for Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But often it's like, 
I don't even know myself. How can I present myself to this other person? We usually come up with this idea of what the other person wants. And then when the real you starts coming through, it's like, uh, wait a minute, who did I marry here? Right, right. Yeah, and right. that's what I think. Yeah, it's so often that we hear like, if only I'll find this type of man, then I'll feel happy, right? Mm -hmm. Or if only I, I can get in this kind of relationship, then I'm going to feel loved. But it's like, you can give yourself all of that. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the way I see it and the way my Raph and I speak on this now, it's like we complete ourselves and then our marriage is a bonus. Mm. It's like it's bonus love. It's uh, enhanced love. You already have your own love for yourself, but then having it from someone else that you equally love, it just makes it even better, right? But it's not that he's filling my cup or I'm filling his. It's not our job. It's not my job to make him happy. It's not his job to make me happy. And it's nobody's job to pour love into us. We have to be the generators of love. We have to generate our own supply of infinite love. Not put that job on our partner, on our children. I see it so often as well with especially moms. We often take our self-worth value on our children. And again, we're just putting all this extra emphasis on relationships that no wonder they crumble under the pressure. Right. Right. This might sound a little funny, but I'm going to blame those Disney princess movies on this. Oh my goodness. I'm going to blame the whole of society. And the <laughs> romantic love with all these rom-coms, seriously, they're dysfunctional shit. Once you start learning about personal growth, you go like, oh my gosh, these people don't know how to communicate. Exactly. Always needs to be rescued. He comes yeah. in very last minute, very extravagant, a grown yes woman and no 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 people that's not how marriage works oh you, no you've been married for a while i was married for a while people those hollywood movies don't exist those disney motherhood moments yeah. they happen yeah occasionally but don't think that's the 24 7 i know no no way no way <laughs> oh my goodness and i think that's why it's so important to have a tribe and you were saying before books, I think that nowadays books, videos, podcasts, yeah, people being honest and vulnerable and saying, hey, I would love to tell you everything is perfect 24-7, but it isn't. So that way we all get the right expectations. So we don't look to our partner and go like, wait a minute, why aren't you my photographer, my therapist, my coach, <laughs> everything? Like, right. come on. <laughs> I know, I know. It's toxic almost the way that we're expected to have these certain beliefs about what we should have in our life right we grow up having these expectations for ourselves but then all of a sudden you find that so many expectations and beliefs don't even come from you they're just everything that you've been told and it's really toxic to how we really form relationships and also, they're not attainable. I mm -hmm. feel that well, the story that we've been told about relationships is the same story that we've been told about bodies for women. Oh, like, yes. No, that is standard. doesn't exist. Why are we all trying to strive to be those anorexic women? If they're that way, it's because they're not eating. And I don't think that's a healthy thing. And yet, it's plastered all over. And I feel that the same happens with relationships. And then... Yes we are left there thinking I'm inadequate and I don't know how to do this because obviously this is the standard and why am I not reaching it? Mm -hmm. Because it's a lie. Right. Right. And when it comes to, Hey, our relationship has hit 
a pivotal moment, what are we going to do? Same thing. We're expected that, well, if we love each other, this is just going to work out. If we go to see a therapist after two sessions, we will all be sorted out. Once again, no. No. (laughs) No. It took us a few years to heal from this. And there was moments where I was just, I don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. There are so many times where both of us were just, why are we doing this? Why are we here? But it would be a very serious question. Like, why are we here right now? What is the point to this? But it took so much time. It took work. It took so much conscious effort to make the changes that we both wanted to see for ourselves and for our marriage. Of course, this doesn't mean this is going to pertain to everybody, right? I'm not saying, okay, just because they cheat, you can still make it work. No, just like what you said, it has to be reciprocated effort. It has to be both of you putting in the work. Sometimes it might feel like you're the only one putting in the work or they're the only one putting in the work. But at the end of the day, you guys have to come together and reassess. There's a lot of reassessment, reevaluation of where we were, but we always came together at the same point. We're like, nope, we're still in this for the long haul. Let's just continue working at it, see where it goes. I know that you love me. I know that I love you. And right now, let's just hold on to that. And now, Olga, our communication has never been better. Yes, we still fight. Yes, we still argue and bicker, but it's nothing like what we used to to argue and talk about. Once again, let's set the expectations right. Great marriages are not those that don't have any conflict. Right, right. There is no conflict is because one of you is already checked out and is like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, whatever you want to do, you say whatever you want to do. This is about two humans with different needs and wants and desires that just need to communicate. And again, nobody teaches us how to communicate. If you are in the personal growth work, if you are a coach, I know I'm very snobbish. I only like being friends with coaches now because we know all the the tricks and the techniques. So we won't trigger the other person. We know how to we know how to listen, how to speak. But hey, if you haven't been taught that, then we just have to have that patience and that compassion and that curiosity of okay, how do we learn? One of the first things that I tell people is, do you learn how to do conscious communication? And they look at me like I'm asking them if they know how to fly a rocket to the moon. (laughs) I know it's confusing. There are books. Again, there are books. There are courses. We live in a wonderful time. You can learn anything. There's like no excuse. There is no excuse. You get to choose what you want to do and then you go ahead and do it. But yeah, the difference is that are you going to put the work and are you going to not be taken down by the setbacks because there will be setbacks. There'll be moments when you go, wait a minute, we're actually just arguing and going around in circles, but we used to know that we needed intention and we needed to follow these steps. Yes, there'll be times that it all goes out the window and you are not acting like you're supposed to. So what? That's like the time that you eat the cake. Just enjoy it and move on. You can go back to your good habits. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you because now you're doing... Something that I find amazing is intuitive coaching. So now you're helping women, especially, right? Help yes. find their inner love, their inner yes. love, really. Can you give us a couple of tips for those who are like, okay, I think that I hear you. I think that I know what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. how do I even start? How do I even begin this journey of self-love and empowerment? So beginning is just making the choice to begin. 
is taking your power and understanding that you are the only one in control of your life. That's actually, so I, I've developed an, an eight-week program. It's called Dare to Love Yourself. And I call it that because we have to dare ourselves to get out of our comfort zone. For years, we are programmed to think and feel and act and behave a certain way. It's scary to do something different, right? But if you're going to make the choice for change, you got to change and you got to make these choices that don't necessarily feel comfortable, but you know are going to give you growth. You know it's going to lead you to more love. It's going to lead you to more happiness and more joy and fulfillment and purpose. So like what you're asking, back to what you're asking, what's the first step? Making that choice to just start the journey because it can be scary and a lot of times, the longer you resist, the, lot, the longer it's going to take for any change to happen, if at all. And if you've already heard that voice that says, maybe I should look into self-love, it's not going to go away. It's just going to right. keep getting stronger until you listen to it. Because I feel that sometimes we resist the concept of self-love because we think it's selfish or we've been told once again, like, well, that's just you taking care of yourself. Forget about that. You're a mother, you're a spouse, you're a whatever. But mm. The self-love journey, and please help me out with my definition, but for me, it's all about, it's really just saying, I am just as important as my children and my husband and my dogs and my cats. I matter. And it's about saying, I need to take care of myself as much as I need to take care of you. I never understood why we need that martyrdom and that putting ourselves last. How does that work? <laughs> I agree. And do you know what I tell my clients who are mothers? I tell them, you are the biggest role model for your kids. Do you want to teach your kids to sacrifice themselves, sacrifice everything you're raising them to be once they become a mom and wife or husband? I don't think so. Here you are trying to raise strong, independent kids, but how come you yourself are not that? Mm -hmm. So usually that's like a, it's harsh, I think sometimes maybe. I don't mean to be harsh, but it really is just a hard reflection. What kind of role model do you actually want to be for your kids? You can still give them all while still working on yourself. And the definition that I have for self-love is really just knowing who you are, knowing your boundaries, because setting boundaries is healthy. Setting boundaries is necessary. Your energy is sacred and you have to learn how to protect it in all forms so that you can give more. You can't give on an empty tank. So the more you are aligned with who you are, who you want to be, the more love you're actually going to have to give. Another concept that I think we got wrong is the whole setting boundaries. And I wish that we came up with a more loving or it seems a little bit like aggressive. And I think that's why some people get so defensive, like, oh my gosh, I can't set boundaries. That almost means putting walls in between me and people. But I just call it like, I'm just giving you pointers. This is what I do. Mm. And this is what I don't do. And if you love me, I'm mm -hmm. sure that we can find a middle ground. And if you choose to have a problem with it, then guess what? You have the problem. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm just telling you, this goes, this doesn't go. And I think that again, we make it more complicated. I keep right. saying courses about how to say boundaries and half of them is just saying yes and no. And yep. the no is just as valid as the yes. Yes. No, absolutely. When I explain the whole concept to my clients, I have it just focus on their energy. When it comes to, I have this whole session dedicated to how we get in touch with our intuition and our intuition is vastly connected to our energy, right? So it's like, when are the times that you're feeling like 
a hell yes? And when are the times you're feeling a hell no? What is happening in your body? Mm-hmm. So once you become in tune with that and how it's actually making you feel like energetically, vibrationally, then that's how you know where your boundaries are. It's not like you have to tell people, nope, I am shutting, my, I'm closing up my boundaries for you. Like you can no longer enter this, this wall of mine. No, it's not about that. It's about you just being able to handle sticky situations, negative situations, knowing where you stand, knowing what you can accept and what you can't accept. That's all. That's all it is. Exactly. And, and very often it's just the other person may not even be that offended about it. I always say like, <laughs> so you like sleeping for seven, eight hours and your children and your partner knows not to wake you up in the middle of the night going like, I've had this great idea or, Hey, I'm hungry. Get out <laughs> Real sandwich. So they know that boundary. Well, with many other, and they don't have a problem with it. With many other things, it's the exact same situation. You just tell them, look, I don't really want to do this. And they'll be like, oh, all right, moving on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that sometimes we just have to, again, say, I really love myself. And that doesn't come from a place of I'm more important than you. I'm more relevant than you. Let's just be equal here. And this is what I need. Can we work on that? And once again, I think that communication is the most powerful tool in our toolbox. And if we know how to use it, and that means speak and listen, I mean, certain mm-hmm. countries should just be like making lunch. Mm. Exactly. And I want it to be as natural as teaching your kids how to use the potty. Because my kids, that's how I speak with my kids. Hey, you guys, mommy needs some alone time right now. Okay. If you guys could, wouldn't mind just being quiet, I'm going to meditate and then I'll come play with you later. And then that's how you start developing that whole mindset around boundaries. And eventually that's something that they can learn for themselves. And they'll be able to set boundaries for themselves and not be doormats for other people or not, you know what I mean? Exactly. And remember again, if you need meditation, you mm-hmm. may need it just as much as going to the toilet. So just yes. make it clear. Mm-hmm. It's not a, well, that's a luxury for me. No. no. <laughs> I mean, it's a shower. Well, this is yeah. a shower for your mind. So you just say that I have this thing with my women when they feel Going through the divorce process, one of the biggest things is how is this going to affect the children and how am I going to deal with it? And I usually tell them, you may end up spending less time with them, but the time that you will spend with them is going to be way more quality time because you will have that time for yourself, that time to refocus, regroup, and then you'll come to your children. So it's almost like you will need to set boundaries with them because you'll just be like, actually, your children will be setting boundaries. My children... (laughs) Leave me alone. Enough with the fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like we can play with these concepts as opposed to make them be so heavy and so right. like, I am Absolutely. going to lose my family. I am going to lose my friends if I tell them this is what I like. Sometimes you just say it and they go, okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just normalize it. Normalize yeah. it. It can be so simple if people just let it be simple. <laughs> Absolutely. One last thing that I wanted to ask you, you know that I have these two questions, but before I move on to them, one last thing that I wanted to say is when you were saying you have to make that choice to say, okay, I am going to work on myself. There needs to be a place for courage in that conversation because Mm -hmm. for many people, this will be one of the bravest decisions that they take. For sure. They, I matter. I can speak my mind. I can tell you what I like and I don't like. Mm-hmm. Once again, if you have just one tidbit to say, this is how you start practicing your courage muscle. I always say it's a muscle. So it's not like one thing you do one time and then it works. But 
something to start making people feel that they have that courage. They can be that brave. Ooh, that's a good question, Olga. For me, I tell my women, start doing something that scares you every day. Mm. Just something. And you can start small, even if it's wear something that you will never wear because you're afraid of what people will say. Like maybe wear that, those shorts that are a little bit too short or maybe wear your hair in a different way. Those simple things. Maybe mm. go to a different coffee shop instead of the one that you're used to going. You can start with those little things that make your heart go a little bit like, ooh, <laughs> doing them. And then you start going, okay, this is easy. So then you can start building up on that, building up on that. And then when it comes to saying, hey, I need this from you, you will feel the heart palpitation and then you'll be like, oh, I know this feeling. I know what's going on, but I can do it. And you'll mm. just start moving into that space. Yes. No, I love that. I love the way that you explain that. I don't know if I have, sorry, Olga, can you just repeat the question real quick? Any tips, any ideas for how to start bringing courage into your life? For the courage. Oh, okay. You can't do this. It's just too much for me. Okay. Okay. So one of the big revelations that I had is that whenever we experience anything negative in our life, tough situations, it's a way that the universe is giving us a lesson to grow and evolve from. So oftentimes, even now, if I'm faced with something negative, I find myself saying, okay, universe, thank you. This means you're ready for me to grow. So a strong gratitude practice, Olga, mm. and wrapping my mind around the fact that, hey, if I don't learn from this, the universe is going to keep showing me the same situation over and over again, or it's going to disguise it in another form. And I'm going to have to keep dealing with this. If you don't want to deal with this anymore, it's time for change. And this means, and just knowing that every negative situation that is presented before you, this was uniquely designed for you. No one else everything that you're going through in your life has been uniquely designed for you. So if you're going through something really crappy, this is something that is showing you, hey, this is something to learn and grow from. Because after you learn and grow from this, something better is going to happen for you, right? And life is such a game. Life is a game like that. I love that. Okay, so I'm going to make a mental note that every time I'm about to complain about something, I'm about to say, why is this happening to me? And I don't want this. I'm going to go, well, thank you for this. I don't yes. quite know what the lesson in this is, but yes, yes. it's here. I'm going to learn this lesson this time so you don't have to bring it back again. But I love that. That's, that's a good one. I think yes. that <laughs> definitely make us more courageous, knowing that even the negative will have a positive in the end. Absolutely. Always, always. I love that one. Okay, so we're ready for our last two questions, which yes. is, I would love to know, what do you see in your next great chapter? Whenever you're ready to move on to that one, what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh gosh, I am so ready to really step into being a full-time self-love coach. I have never felt so aligned with what I'm doing with my life. And working with my clients is fulfilling me in such a way that I have never experienced before. I mean, my nine to five job, I'm a hospice nurse which is also very fulfilling, but in a different way, right? It's a heavy job. I love it. I love being able to provide that care for my patients. But part of that hospice job is actually what inspired me to really go into coaching as well, because I'm learning so much from these people who are really facing the end of life. When they reflect back on what's important, they're sharing those stories with me. They're reflecting back on what actually mattered and what didn't. 
what is something that they wish they had done, but they didn't, they were too scared. And I always ask, what's your biggest lesson? What's your favorite piece of advice for someone my age? And a lot of times it's like the same theme over and over, just be who you are and do what you want. And that coming from someone who is facing their own mortality, it's very powerful because it's like, why aren't we just living the life that we want right now? Why aren't we experiencing life the way that feels best for us right now? And that experience starts with how we can love ourselves right now in the best way possible. So as a hospice nurse and then as a mom of little ones, I've taken the lessons of just combining both ends of life spectrum and just speaking to those who are in our age bracket and just saying, we got to go for it now, you guys. We got to live life and love life the way we want now. Mm, Beautiful. Yes. And I totally hear you on the alignment part. I didn't know that this part of my life, doing the coaching, helping people, especially going through such hard times as these people Mm -hmm. And I also work a lot on getting to get to a place of love within themselves. It's just the most gratifying thing that I've ever done. And I think that it's also so personally empowering because we teach what we need to learn the most. Absolutely. (laughs) This is an ongoing, like what we said, it's an ongoing process. This growth that we're experiencing, just because we're teaching it, it doesn't mean that we never have to face these same issues again. I tell my clients, this program, whatever we're, we're teaching you, this is not about being positive for the rest of your life. This is about you building resilience. Exactly. This is about you being able to bounce back every time something shit hits the fan. This is about you finding the courage to continue taking those leaps, continue making those hard choices that you know are meant for you and are only going to benefit you in the end. Absolutely, because as we all know, especially in the way that the world is currently in the state that it is, we are always going to have to face change and pain and difficult transitions. So it's not about, oh, we're going to take this magic pill or this magic workshop or this coaching class, and then nothing garbage is going to happen to us. No, it's still going to happen, but it's not going to take us down. And if it takes us down, I always say, you know, you know how to get up from your knees. Yeah, you may temporarily be down there, but then you learn how to lift yourself back up. I'm so happy that you chose that new path and that your beautiful women are finding you. I know that you're already making this incredible transformation on the world to help women rise. So what's where you think that the world, the world's next chapter is heading to? Oh gosh, Olga. I mean, I feel like this year alone has created such a shift in the entire world. There's been a lot of reflection, a lot of reconnection with ourselves, with the people around us. I feel like the next chapter is really just people being more intentional with with their time, with what they say to people. I mean, I know right now it doesn't feel like that because there is a lot of like hatred and anger and judgment, but there's also a large amount of people that I've seen even on social media, like a lot of my friends, a lot of people I follow, we're all just like really wanting to connect more with ourselves. What really makes us happy? Time is precious. This life is temporary. How can we really just make it the best that we can even when things around us aren't going so well? Mm, yeah, I need for connection. I need for not wasting our time. I think that this year of feeling so stuck has really yeah. put a perspective in time, human relationships. And I really hope that when we're all done with this, we don't forget those lessons. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
April, thank you, thank you so much. We're gonna put all your information in the show notes, but if people wanna find you right after this episode, where can they find you? What's the best place? Yeah, so two biggest places that you can find me, I have a family vlog channel <laughs> um, on YouTube. So it's youtube.com slash April's Beautiful Mess. And what you guys will see there, this is what has blossomed after all the work that Raph and I have put in together. So there's a lot of vulnerability also on that vlog, but that also halted me in getting into coaching business and just wanting to help more people. And then you can also find me on Instagram where I'm most active, instagram.com slash April's Beautiful Mess. And she has the most amazing reels. You just got an <laughs> game lately. And I love the one you had about toxic people. Oh, that was so much fun to make. All that. Oh my gosh, guys, go. You'll have a laugh every day and your children are adorable. So even if you just need that daily dose of inspiration, April's beautiful mess, just go there. She's a yes, gem. So thank, thank you, you April, so much for being here. And I hope that everybody enjoyed our conversation. Yes, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe and review my podcast because I love hearing from you. You can also follow me on Instagram at Divorce for Love and join our Facebook group in the show notes.